This is the Howell Creek Radio Address for Wednesday, November 12th, 2008. I'm Joel Duick. The word of the day is thermocline. Thermocline. If you were to go out right now and dive to the bottom of a body of standing water, such as a lake, you might expect that the water would get gradually colder the closer you got to the bottom. But such is not always the case. Often you would find, as you go deeper and deeper, that the water would be warm right up until a certain depth, and then whoosh! Suddenly all the water around your body is chillingly, frigidly cold all at once. You've heard a thermocline, which is when water or air separates itself out into different bands of temperature where the contrast in warm and cold waters is clear and sudden. Saturday before last was when we held our Guy Fox Day celebration, our fourth annual, I believe. This is the first in the canon of what I call the Odd Days, capital O, capital D, holidays or occasions that are made much of in our circles outside the normal cycle of Christmas, Easter, New Year's, and so forth. Guy Fox Day is well known to our friends across the pond, or it should be since they invented it. The remembrance of the gunpowder plot, the original terrorist attempt to blow up Parliament, very nearly carried off by the Catholic Guy Fox, and celebrated every November 5th thereafter with the burning of Fox's effigy over a merry fire. We do the effigy, of course. It's indispensable to the tradition and quite a bit of fun. Dressing up a bundle of leaves in a disreputable outfit of cast-off clothing. Impaling him with a rod of number eight rebar to keep him upright and watching him smolder. But we've also ornamented the celebration with a few traditions of our own. We sing and recite poetry or give lectures about Shakespeare with props and pop quizzes about Edgar Allan Poe. And we wear costumes of obscure literary or vaguely medieval characters. And of course we drink punch and eat casserole and English grapes and moist cakes. We always have it in the Peterson's house. Todd and Laura Lee Peterson. And in that brightly colored confined space we mill around and josh with one another and make a ruckus. Andrew did his signature duct tape suit. This time he came as the Riddler. His suit duct taped over very artfully in a busy striped neon green and black that left your head buzzing and complete with a black duct tape vest with neon green duct tape question marks. Mark went as wee willy winky and recited the poem about it in the original Scottish vernacular. Well, an, an Americanized rendition of the original Scottish vernacular anyways. Dave went as Bingo Little from the Boathouse Jeeves and Wooster series, going so far as to shave off nearly all his facial hair so that only the mustache remained. Uh, and the mustache itself had vanished too by the following morning. I, inspired by a comment of Jess's, went as Captain Nemo from 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea in a white turtleneck and navy blue replica sea captain's jacket with large brass buttons. James Mason is Captain Nemo, who held the destiny of the world in his hands. The real story of the ocean depths begins where you left off. 
wonders that defy my powers of description. The secrets that are mine alone. Dad arrived late to the party, dressed as himself. He'd just flown back from BC, that's British Columbia, Canada, for you equatorial types, where he and Oma had been at a funeral for Tante Frida. And he'd met up with all his cousins and aunts and uncles and extendeds that he hadn't seen in 25 years. And really hit it off with one of his cousins, Donald, uh, by all accounts. My dad moved down to Minnesota from Canada with his family when he was one year old. and didn't have any brothers. So we've never had any other duics which which to fraternize. I remember a solitary family visit we took back to the old country, back to Winnipeg, and looking in the phone book, seeing pages and pages of duics, where in Minneapolis we were the only ones. Dad described to us the cemetery, filled with duics and Isaacs and Friesens and Clausens and Rempels and Penners. I always kind of imagined that if I ever moved back to Winnipeg or BC I'd find a great extended family there that we never had here except on holidays a veritable civilization of people who were like me like us people who thought and spoke the same way we did who played with language like kids play on a playground who were well read and cooked sugary apple fritters and sang hymns and watched Cadfile and Jeremy Brett's Sherlock Holmes and wore sweaters with neckties and talked all day in the living room over coffee on Sunday afternoons. I don't suppose it's so, though. Probably more likely that our branch of the family has preserved in its isolation some of the old generation's flavor and bents while the rest have moved on. This last Saturday was spent rather in a different place than the previous one, different in nearly every respect. Not in costumed finery, but in brutally practical work clothes, dirty jeans and flannel. Not in the warmth of a friend's cheery living room, but in the dark underground confines of the basement of my unfinished house. I threw on my outfit, though it really is a costume in a sense because I am only pretending to be a construction worker for a day, although it is a part I know pretty well. It was cold and gray, and little flecks of snow were floating almost imperceptibly down, like in a snow globe, without very much snow in it, as I drove out to the house from the lumberyard with my materials. I got to the house, turned on the radio to the classical station, and climbed down the ladder with said battery-operated radio into the comparatively dark but not uncomfortable confines of my basement. I have to put in drainage pipe in the dirt under the floor before the concrete floor can be poured, which means 
digging a trench all the way around, laying the pipe, uh, filling it back over with sand. You could probably imagine me describing it to you with my hands while I'm recording here. And then leveling out the sand over the whole floor. As I said, the basement is dark but not uncomfortable at this point. The floor is framed over it and covered with a tarp. So it's at least out of the weather and fairly dry, kind of like a cave. There's plenty of headroom, and the window openings afford a little light. Halfway through the day, Dave, Mark, and Grace showed up. Dave with a bag of cold grilled cheese sandwiches, which I gratefully consumed. The three of them helped me shovel and shovel and shovel and sledge chunks of concrete out of the way and get them out of the basement through the window well and shovel and lay drain tile and shovel and remove wall braces and lay foam insulation and level out the floor and shovel while the radio piped out unremarkable cello concertos punctuated by Mindy Ratner's signature half-baked segues and introductions always a great source of amusement and frustration we were at this until fairly late in the afternoon it's funny how you can be working and not really notice when it begins to get dark until you can hardly see anymore or how you can be in a 30 degree basement all day long and not notice how cold you are and how tired your legs are until you finally go inside again that's where thermoclines come in Coming in from the cavernous basement into the entryway of home is like surfacing to the top of the lake again and hitting that upper layer of warm, bright water. It's bright and cozy all at once, and you feel yourself begin to thaw again. By the time you are taking a hot shower under the heat of the lamp in your undersized bathroom, the whole day in the cave seems like a dim, dark dream. And when you sit down to pizza and a cup of coffee in your fleece pajamas, it's 7.30 at night, and the day seems like it's just getting started. The whole winter is like that. Out into the cold, down in the basement, shoveling the driveway early in the morning, cutting through traffic on the way to work's pale fluorescent machinations, and back again in the dark. And then, the thermocline. You walk in the front door and surface into brightness, warmth, coziness, a noisy dinner, a hot shower, and a shave. Not for hygiene, that's the morning shower, but purely for luxury. Home. Turns into us in this room. 